disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Hey sis, welcome back to Black Girl SOS. It's your girl Snobby. So today I want to talk about living a selfless life selfishly. I used to run this blog called The Snob Report back when blog posts or blogspot, I think it's blogspot, back when that was a thing. And um, on the eve of my 30th birthday, I wrote this farewell letter to my 20s, just talking about all the things I learned, things I experienced, and, you know, just growth. And I talked about living a selfless life selfishly. Um, and in looking for that quote today, I reread the entire farewell note. Um, and I'm 39 now, so I will be saying farewell to my 30s soon. And what I noticed in that letter, um, I won't go into detail, but what I noticed in that letter is um, if there's one thing about me for sure is that I, I know who I am. I've known exactly who I am for a very long time and... I've definitely grown, I've matured, and I see where I am now, um, the growth that I talked about in in that farewell letter and how, you know, I just was looking forward to see how that growth continued to manifest and, and it has, and, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but just to get back on topic, the big thing that or where that manifested itself from is because I was in law school. Um, I started law school at 28 and I turned 29 at the end of my first semester of law school. So when I first got to law school, I moved to Florida. I love the weather, you know, <laughs> I'm excited about the weather, even though it's hot as hell. And at the time I don't own a car. So I walk a lot in absurd heat. And I got all these goddamn books. I end up having to buy like a small luggage to put my books in so I can wheel them to and from. Um, and I just, I had a lot going on. I was meeting new people, starting new habits, developing new habits, learning a new language. The law is a language unto itself and learning new ways to study and just so much was going on. And I had the audacity to also be dating and for anyone who's listening that knows me personally, you know that there's mad air quotes <laughs> around the word dating because I don't really date. Um, but yeah, I was like meeting new guys, hanging out with new guys, getting to know them. And I really didn't have time for that shit. And by the second semester of law school, I found myself really getting caught up in petty ass shit that in the grand scheme of everything, one had nothing to do with me, two had nothing to do with where I was going um, in my life, you know, where I wanted my life to be, um, and three was really fucking stupid, like just out and out stupid shit. Um, like I said, I was 28 when I started law school, and my class was, um, w the demographics of, of my class was a lot older than classes prior for the full-time program. Um, and, and so there were a lot of much younger 
people at the law school with me. Um, at this point, I had, you know, did my bachelor's program, did a grad program. I had had literally been coming off of my second career. So I was, you know, the, the mental space I was in was just very different from some of the mental space that some of my, my colleagues were in. Um, that being said, I, I have a very jovial spirit. I'm, my energy is very youthful. So to be around me, you know, it's very hard to detect unless you really know me, um, that, that I'm just an older person and I, and my mind space is in an older space, um, for lack of a better way to put it. So year one is going by, you know, dumb shit is happening. I'm, I'm finding myself associated and affiliated with just a lot of bullshit. Some of it of my own making, just because I allowed myself to be put in, in places and spaces that I knew better that I knew weren't for me. Um, but I was enjoying this new environment. And in some cases, because I was putting, and in some cases, because I was trying to look out for other people that I was beginning to care for, or, you know, I'm, I'm a very protective person over the people I love and care for. And so that was causing me to be in spaces and in situations that really were not going to benefit me in the long run. Um, you know, for transparency purposes, when I applied to law school, you know, I was extremely candid on my application, which is necessary, as I did lose some classmates who were not candid on their application and they were removed from school. Um, and part of the candor on my application is having been one with the precinct <laughs> on more than one occasion. Um, <laughs> I am not a stranger to utilizing these hands when necessary. And, um, you know, so I'm in this situation in this space where, you know, I'm prone to violence. I am definitely known for putting my hands on a motherfucker if necessary. And now I am finally in the place that I've always wanted to be because I've always wanted to be an attorney. And, you know, I overcome so many obstacles those things I had to candidly admit included um, to get there. And now I'm putting myself or finding myself in these spaces where I'm about to revert to Tasha from the Bronx. Like y'all about to meet the real me. And I'm like, okay, your goal in, in, in becoming an attorney. Yes. It's what you want to do. It's what you've always wanted to do, but it's also, a means to an end. Like I've always wanted to be able to be of assistance to my mom, if not fully, you know, take care of her. She's an expensive broad. So, you know, you, you need the income coming in and you're going to try to look out for Shazo, even in a small way. But, you know, I just always wanted to be that reliable adult in my family. Cause that's who my mom was. You know, that is who I look up to. That is who, you know, in, in ways of, the kind of woman I wanted to be character wise, that is who I look to, to mimic, you know, um, in fundamental ways, obviously I'm my own person, but in fundamental ways, her character is what I look to, you know, as, um, as a litmus test. And so it was like, okay, I'm in law school for me, but I'm also in law school so that I can, help my family. I'm also in law school so that I'm an example in my family. Like 
I'm in law school for me, but I'm also doing these things for the greater good of the people that I love and care about. And that has to take precedence over the petty bullshit. So I just shut shit down. I was like, you know what? A lot of shit has got to get shut the fuck down. A lot of people got to get extra fucking communicated and a lot of shit got to take a back seat. First order business, all the fellas got cut off. Y'all dead. <laughs> Y'all all dead to me. I took a vow of celibacy for what? Two years, two and a half years. My last two years of law school and what I'd say like the first semester of my, excuse me, of my LLM program the first semester of my LLM program. And um, yeah, that was very helpful. That was several thousand less distractions. Um, I didn't have to deal with these motherfuckers calling me. These motherfuckers expecting me to call them. I don't call anyway. I'm a texter. Um, But you know, uh, just pointless communications. I didn't have to worry about other people worrying about what I'm doing, you know, Like, don't have to worry about uh, fucking random ex-girlfriends or baby mamas and all that other shit that comes with with dealing with with dudes. And, you know, I found myself breathing easier, breathing much easier. Obviously, it was still not a drama-free life. Um, I don't know why my law school was like high school, but it really was like high school. Like I said, a lot of them were younger than me, and I had to remind myself of that to remove myself from from situations because there was there was an instance where I definitely almost put my hands on somebody in the lobby of the law school, and I'm pretty sure that would not have went <laughs> that would not have went over well. Um, so <laughs> just thinking about that instance, um, it's just. Wow, I'm glad I made a better decision. My life is in a much better place because of it. But that being said, that what caused that situation to almost erupt was something else I ended up needing to remove myself from. So certain organizations that I was really, really heavily involved with when I first got to law school, I had to pull back from a little bit. And I did not fully divest myself of any of my extracurriculars of the organizations I belong to, but I definitely had to divest myself because being a part of those boards or being in those organizations were also causing extra conflict in my life, unnecessary conflict, because there's a click here, there's a click there. People are acting as if because we're in law school, I'm going to be this pseudo tough guy because, well, nobody's really going to do anything because we're all in law school. And, you know, I'm like, listen, y'all don't know. (laughs) I got enough education to still push through without this law degree. I will fuck you up if you take me too fucking far. And so I just had to, I had to shut that down. It's like, yeah, I really fuck with these people, have these people on the board, and I really want to give them 100% of what I got to give them because I know I have a lot to contribute. But in the grand scheme of things, this shit is taken away from what I came here to do. So I had to shut that down. I had to start shutting that shit down. Oh, T, can you help out with this? I can, but I'm not. I love you, but I'm not fucking with it. I got other shit I need to do. I've got to be tunnel vision. And that, as black women, is something that we don't often seize the opportunity to do. Because if you're waiting for the opportunity, you're not going to get that. 
No one's going to give you that. Black women are always overly burdened. Every fucking burden on planet Earth is ours if you let them tell it. Every burden is ours. We got to fight for everybody and then fight for ourselves because ain't nobody else fighting for us. So after we're done fighting for everybody else, then we have to fight for ourselves. So you have to fight for yourself consistently. And that means if it's a goal and you need to shut shit down, then you do that. Yeah, you got to skip a brunch. You might have to miss a birthday dinner. You might have to skip a trip. Fuck it. Shut that shit down so that you can do what you need to do for yourself so that when you are done, you have so much more of yourself to contribute. We all, I won't say we all because I know some out and out selfish motherfuckers. So I'm not going to say we all. But I think generally, at least in my experience, the bulk of us, we want to be selfless. We want to give and give and give to the people we love. We want to show up for the people we love. We want to provide for the people we love. We want to make sure that they know they always have at least one champion in their corner and it looks exactly like the person in your mirror, you know? And then we forget that we have to also champion ourselves. You also have to be that person for yourself. If you don't do for you, you are no good to anybody else. Take that same premise and take it out of something goal-oriented and and put it into just a self-care scenario. If you're a mom, if you're a wife, if you're just a working woman, if you're a woman who's transitioning from school to the workspace, maybe you're a caretaker, maybe not for your children, but maybe an older relative. Whatever it is you have going on in your life, you are still giving so much of yourself all the time, consistently, consistently, even when you have nothing left to give, you are giving of yourself. You have to also give back to yourself. You have to take that self-care day, a spa day, if it's in the budget. If it's not in the budget, create your spa at home, sis. Go to your local CVS, get yourself a bath bomb, get yourself some wine. You don't got to get the finest shit. Get you some box wine if that's your jig. Whatever floats your boat and finds your lost remote. If you're not a drinker, get you some sparkling cider, sis. Pour that shit in the sexiest glass you got. Run that bath, throw that bath bomb in, light some candles, and just decompress. Have a day that's just for you. If the spa thing is not your thing, maybe you just like to curl up with the book. Maybe you're like me and you live for a good brunch. Brunching is brunching is a full-on sport as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I love me a brunch. So whatever it is that you really enjoy that brings you some peace, brings you some solace, do that for yourself. It's so necessary. If you are the caretaker in, in your household, if, if you're the breadwinner in your household, if, if you are just an active participant in your family, what are they going to do if you burn out completely? They'll be missing you and you will be missing you. All the people that you love to take care of, all the people that you are grateful you're able to give back to, you won't be able to because you have not given back to yourself. You have exhausted yourself. You've done yourself a disservice 
And in turn, you've done a disservice to all of the people that you love and you want to be there for. Again, you are no good to anybody else if you're not good to yourself first. So, sis, I implore you to make self-care, whether it is about your goals or just about your peace of mind and your sanity, I implore you to make that a non-negotiable in your life. Try to schedule it once a month if that's feasible for you. If it's not, maybe every other month, but try to schedule it in a regular cadence so that your body, your mind, and your spirit, so that you are holistically rejuvenating yourself regularly. Sis, I send you love and light and abundant blessings for healthy self-care. Until next time, you have a good one.